0: Hello and welcome everybody back to the ball pit. I know it has been a little while. It's been a little over a week since I have last uploaded. I start off with a little bit of technical difficulties on my recording studio side. And then I also had some family conflicts, but we are finally back. It's not Friday. It is Saturday. But since I missed both episodes for this week, we're going to lump both into one. So we're going to go over the conference championship games that happened last weekend in the NFL. And then since this is also our scheduled time for Around the Pit News, we will also be covering that in today's episode. It's going to be a little bit of a long one, but be sure to stick with me and let's have some fun. So be sure to stick with me and let's dive in. Starting off with the championship games of the NFL, Philadelphia absolutely destroyed San Francisco 31 to 7. Brock Purdy tore his UCL early in the game. So Josh Johnson had to come in for the majority of the game at quarterback for San Francisco. And actually, Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback, was an emergency quarterback listed on the roster if Josh Johnson happened to get hurt that game. So it just goes to tell how injured the San Francisco team was. And they still got all the way to the NFC Championship game, which is absolutely astounding they should be proud of themselves no matter what the scoreboard reads and they will absolutely be back for another great year next year now we have to talk about the team that actually played really well this game the eagles jalen hurts was 15 for 25 125 passing yards and one rushing touchdown no passing touchdowns this game miles sanders had 11 carries for 42 yards and two touchdowns he got really close to that 50 yard threshold that I put for him last week when I tried to predict all these conference championship games. And same with Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown. Now, I had him going for over 100 yards. That was maybe a little overzealous considering that he was still a little bit injured. But regardless, he had a very good game, almost 100 yards receiving, played very well. Philadelphia had three carriers over 35 rushing yards, and those were Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders. And Jalen Hurts. We've seen throughout the whole season, especially with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders, they are really good at rushing. Miles Sanders was a top five rusher this year in total yards. He had over a thousand yards on the season. And Jalen Hurts is one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the game. Obviously, the Eagles are going to lean on their rushing game a little bit in order to be a really successful team. And they prove that they can do that. And they prove that their offense can be super efficient with the running game with those three 35-plus rushers that game. Also, Boston Scott had a touchdown, too. Philly just incorporated every single running back they had, every single rushing threat they had, in order to be able to win this game. And they did so very easily. 31-7 to was your final score. Oh, and now I got to talk about the other game. Harrison Butker kicks a last-second field goal, and the Chiefs outlast the Bengals 23-20. I was so close to getting my Super Bowl prediction right, but unfortunately, the Bengals just fall short, albeit the same score that they lost to the Rams in the Super Bowl last year. So kind of a little bit of an extra nail in the coffin for them there. Hopefully, they will return to this elite form that they have shown this year. Joe Burrow was 26 for 41 with 270 passing yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. And he also had 30 rushing yards. And he was the leading rusher in total yards for the Bengals. And that's something that I really just don't understand for the Bengals play calling this game. I talked about earlier when I was just predicting the NFL playoffs as a whole. I said, Joe Mixon should be one of the best players in this game playoff bracket i forecasted him to have a lot of carries a lot of touchdowns too but the Bengals just don't seem willing to really utilize him and put him on a very heavy workload he wasn't nearly as successful as i wanted him to be and obviously 30 rushing yards was the leading rusher for the Bengals. it's just a little underwhelming from joe mixing but more from the offensive play calling for the Bengals. now i know sometimes you have just an elite quarterback like Joe Burrow or like Patrick Mahomes that you have so much trust in them you know that no matter what they're going to make a good decision they're going to get the ball out to a really good receiver and they're going to make good plays but with such an elite running back like Joe Mixon who's arguably top five most definitely top 10 in the league you expect him to be incorporating you expect him to be on the field more you expect him to be rushing more and he just wasn't especially in this game And I think that's really what limited the Bengals this game. They didn't have a good rushing attack. They couldn't close out those really long drives. Whenever they were approached with a second or third down, they were forced to pass because they didn't have that confidence in their rushing game. And that's what really just buried them in their grave this this game. Now, Patrick Mahomes, he was 29 for 43 for 326 passing yards and two touchdowns. As much as I want to harp on the Bengals' offense for not performing, we have to give it up to the Chiefs' offense for really tiring out that Bengals' defense. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had six receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown. But you can just see that connection was on point, Patrick Mahomes and Valdez-Scantling. They were electric the entire night. You also have to look at the fact that The Chiefs were down three receivers by the end of the game. So they were very thin. They were worn out. They were tired. Patrick Mahomes was throwing on one and a half legs with his bum ankle. Travis Kelsey had, I think it was back spasms or something like that, but he played out of his mind too. Even when these Chiefs are hurt and it seems like they should be out of the game, they're just not. And I know a lot of people were arguing after the game that the officiating Really didn't do the Bengals that well. But you also have to look at even if we say that the officiating is biased towards the Chiefs, which at some points it was a little bit, but I don't think it greatly affected the game in general. The Chiefs were absolutely battered with injuries and they still beat a healthy Bengals team. So, what does that show for when the Chiefs are completely healthy? You know? I think no matter what, no matter the officiating, no matter how the Bengals offense or defense played, the Chiefs were just the better team in this situation, and they deserve to win that game. As much as it pains me to say that, because I predicted the Bengals to win the Super Bowl even, not just the AFC, the Chiefs were the better team this game. They deserve this win. They deserve to go to the Super Bowl. T. Higgins also had six receptions for 83 yards and a touchdown. He was one of the big highlights for the Bengals offense. I mean, Jamar Chase was in there a little bit with that spectacular fourth down catch that got them into the red zone, into a first and goal situation. But T. Higgins was the most reliable receiver that Joe Burrow had this game. That really tells something about this Bengals offense. Usually you have Jamar Chase absolutely just tearing up defenses, but especially the Chiefs know with his over 200-yard and three-touchdown performance in his rookie year, If you eliminate Jamar Chase, you eliminate a big chunk of the Bengals' offense. They did that this game, and it shows in the scorecard. They only scored 20 points. And the real sucker was there was a third and seven right near midfield, and Joe Burrow was zapped and knocked them out of field goal range. And that's going back to the rushing game a little bit. Now, it was third and long, third and moderate. Usually, you don't run in those situations. But if the Bengals had established the run game earlier, they might have been able to get into more third and short opportunities where they could run short passing plays or they could just run the ball in general and they'd be able to move the ball more effectively instead of having Joe Burrow drop back every single time, get pressured, get sacked. It just wasn't a recipe for success. So they had to punt and then Sky Moore had a fantastic kick return and set the Chiefs up. For that game winning field goal. Overall, just a great game. Really gritty by the Chiefs to be able to overcome all those injuries and some misplays, some turnovers, that fumble from Patrick Mahomes. They overcame everything and they proved that they were the team to beat and they won at 23 20. They deserve that. So that is it for the championship games. Of course, there were only two. So on. Friday this week, we will be discussing the Super Bowl predictions, and I will have a little bit more to that episode as well. And this Monday, I've got a little special treat coming up for all my listeners. It's a little bit different from what we do, but I think you guys will like it. But for now, that is it for the gangs. Now let's head over to our news section. All right, starting off with the NFL news. Kellen Moore is going to the Chargers as their new offensive coordinator. And he was just fired by the Cowboys, not even 24 hours before he was hired by the Chargers. I think the Chargers were waiting for this move a little bit, obviously, because they were so eager to get Kellen Moore. Even if it wasn't Kellen Moore, they were waiting for a really solid offensive coordinator to part ways with their team so they can just scoop him up as fast as possible. But Kellen Moore had a top five offense in almost every category this year. A very good pickup for the Chargers. I'd love to see how the Chargers do next year. The Packers are reportedly leaning towards trading Rodgers away. There's been a couple floating trades that have that have kind of been rumored a little bit by both the Packers and other teams. <clears throat> Cut that. We've seen that Devontae Adams has been campaigning for Aaron Rodgers to come to Las Vegas and play with him for. I think he'd do well in more of kind of like a Tampa Bay type situation, which of course we're going to talk about a little bit later, but it's interesting to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. And the bidding war is still raging between the Colts and the Texans for number one. Now, here's my little bit of a knock on the Colts and the Texans. They want to trade up for number one, and I totally respect being aggressive and trying to fight for what you want, but I don't really understand why the bears hold the number one overall pick. They don't need a quarterback. These two teams need a quarterback. So if you're trying to trade up for a quarterback, then why trade up? Why have to give most likely two, maybe even three first round picks to get that coveted number one overall, the bears are probably going to take Jalen Carter or Will Anderson Arguably the two best athletes in this draft. So, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are still going to be available. Now, if one of those teams wants one of those players, then obviously I understand trying to trade up and get for them. But in my viewpoint, there's no real reason to trade up if you're the Colts or the Texans because the Bears aren't a threat to you for taking a quarterback, which is what both of those teams really need right now. But on the Bears side, if they're still bidding out, I'd say go for it. I mean, there's so much, especially in the edge position, there's so much depth. You've got, you've got so many different great players that might as well trade down, might as well trade all the way down if you can. There's so much talent on the defensive side of the ball this year. I don't see that being a problem. But For the position of the Colts and the Texans I don't understand trading all the way up to number one if you're looking for a quarterback now speaking of quarterback situations the Broncos who we all know gave Russell Wilson a big payday this year they traded away their first round pick this year and their second round pick next year for head coach Sean Payton from the Saints now this is crazy because they gave the Seahawks two first round picks number five this year and their first round next year for russell wilson and of course there were some players and and different picks in there as well so now they trade away their other first round pick this year and their second round next year for sean payton so for this year and next year the broncos have no first round picks and only one second round pick if they're that confident in their team then i totally understand that and to their Advantage. I think they are. They have one of the best defenses in the league. Now they show that they were a little getting a little tired at the end of the year, but of course the offense was so trash that they were on the field the whole time. So I don't disagree with them for for getting a little tired. Now for skill positions, obviously they've got Russell Wilson, they've got Javante Williams, they've got Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Maybe they try and get a wide receiver, but not a lot of wide receivers are first round talent, but. This year, there's a lot of first-round talent with Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison. They're all great players. And to see them give up number 29, where they could probably get one of those wide receivers and get a really good first wide receiver, it surprises me a little bit. But, you know, they have confidence in their offense and defense already. They just needed a good coach, and now they have him. So it's going to be exciting to see how The Broncos do next year under Sean Payne. Now, Tom Brady, he retired and he retired for good this time. He stated in an Instagram post that he will be retiring and this is most definitely it for him. He will not be coming back at all. He is done with the NFL, which he spent over half of his life in the NFL. So it's good to see him step away, take a break, enjoy his life, enjoy retirement. Obviously, he's going to get in the Hall of Fame, unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think anybody will disagree with me there. But this also shakes up some quarterback rooms a lot since he retired. You know, you've got Aaron Rodgers, which I mentioned earlier. He would fit very well in the Tampa Bay offense. I mean, they've already been operating under a older veteran quarterback in Tom Brady. So he'd fit right in. He'd be the perfect piece to Tampa Bay and hopefully have them be a little more successful than they were this year. You also see someone like Derek Carr come into play because the Raiders are allowing him to talk to different teams. So, but we knew this for a couple of weeks, but he's out in Las Vegas. He's not going to return. So is he going to go to Tampa Bay? Could he go somewhere like Houston or Indianapolis? So then they don't even have to worry about drafting a quarterback. There's a lot of teams this year who need a really solid starting quarterback, which is interesting because we haven't seen that for a while. So it's going to be interesting to see how many trades happen, how many draft pick trades happen, and how many free agent signings there are this year. But that is it for our NFL news section. Now let's head over to the MLB. Starting off with Zach he he's coming back to the Royals. He finalized a one-year, $8.5 million deal with the team he started with. I'm super happy for this guy. I hope everybody knows he is one of the most unusual but funny players in the MLB in history. If you guys are familiar with the YouTube channel Baseball Doesn't Exist, I'd highly recommend checking out their Video on Zach Grineke. It's very entertaining and he is just a super fun, super eccentric person. Now, a little bit of bad news for the MLB the company that owns almost half of the MLB's local broadcasting networks is nearing a bankruptcy. So, the MLB is forming an economic group to try and deal with that and hopefully get them back on the upswing. Now, this is super surprising. I had never heard rumblings about this at all in the mlb and now suddenly they just disclose that yes this this company that owns half of our local broadcasting networks they're nearing bankruptcy right now and we have no idea what to do i'd expect them to maybe have a little more foresight on this maybe they did and they just kept it behind closed doors but it seems like they're in pretty dire straits right now so hopefully the mlb can figure that out and get the broadcasting networks back up on top and of course. All my guys here will know about this headline. Cole Tucker is engaged to Vanessa Hudgens. Now this isn't really an MLB news article, just something a little interesting because all my guys know how every once in a while we have a celebrity crush and we all know Vanessa Hudgens was one of them, whether you were 10 years old or 18 years old, she was one of them at one point. So a little bit sad, but Cole Tucker, he's an awesome guy. Great to see the two of them together that is pretty much it for the MLB. Not a lot of news at this point since we're kind of gearing up to the start of the season and spring training. There's not really much happening right now except for deals being signed and arbitration deals being won or lost. So that's about it for the MLB. Let's head over to the NBA. The biggest piece of news we have is Kyrie Irving is requesting to be traded from the Nets before the trade deadline. We saw that a couple reporters are really happy with this and I totally take their side. He doesn't seem like a really good teammate. He bounces from team to team. He has so much controversy following him now. He just doesn't seem like a really stand-up player to have on your team. So who knows if he'll be able to find a trade partner and who knows how this will affect the rest of the Nets season if they have a disgruntled Kyrie Irving on their team. Now, there were also a lot of fights and brawls breaking out this week in the NBA. Dylan Brooks got suspended for a hit on Donovan Mitchell in their game. And I saw people trying to defend Dylan Brooks, saying, Oh, it was accidental. He didn't really try to do that. Now, I don't know if anybody has seen the clip, but if you just search Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell, you'll find it. But Dylan Brooks fell down and rolled over. And then he looked at Donovan Mitchell and hit him in the groin area. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell wasn't too happy about that. So the two of them got into a scuffle. Both got ejected from the game. Dylan Brooks got suspended for his hit. And Donovan Mitchell also got fined for kind of initiating the scuffle that ensued. But I don't really see a defense for Dylan Brooks. He has a history of being a dirty player and trying to incite fights or just make people angry. This kind of behavior here, it's not suited for the NBA. I don't see a good defense here for Dylan Brooks. He definitely deserved what happened to him and I really don't feel bad for him honestly. And Austin Rivers and Mo Bamba were throwing punches at each other. Five players got ejected from the game after that big fight and that fight also expanded onto social media with Mo Bamba posting the F round and find out chart that we all know and love and Austin Rivers was A little bit unhappy with him saying, Now you have three, four other teammates backing you up. It was all one v five. You didn't find anything out because it was just pretty much me versus your entire team. And then he told him, We only know your name from an old rap song. Austin Rivers still isn't really happy with Mo Bamba. It's kind of interesting. And I definitely want to see how this expands, see if they continue to take shots at each other on social media but hopefully that gets a little less heated and we start to calm down a little bit. So the NBA has been a very aggressive. (laughs) So the NBA has been a very hostile. Very hostile. So the NBA has been a very hostile network recently, but the same can't be said for our next segment, the NHL. First off, we all saw the Crosby and Ovechkin thing. Ovechkin was talking about how, oh, once we retire, we're just gonna have a couple beers together. They're great guys. They're both very close to one another. Can't wait to see how these guys enjoy retirement. We also saw that Ovechkin's son had a lot of fun at the All Star, at the All Star game skills showdown, and it stole all of our hearts, especially Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. Just a really touching moment to see for the NHL. Really brings the community together. I'd love to see these type of interactions. Dylan stromey penned a five-year, $25 million extension to stay with the Caps. So Alex Ovechkin gets his forward coming back to him for the Capitals. Great to see the two of them back together. And our final bit of news from the NHL. A Devils assistant, Andrew Burnett, has been charged with a DUI. Not really much as of late on that. We just know he got charged. We don't know if he's going to dispute it or not. But unfortunately, that's a little too common in professional sports. But it happens sometimes. Hopefully, Andrew gets everything straightened out and he will be totally fine. That is it for today's episode of The Ball Pit. Again, sorry about the lack of uploads last week, but I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode with the two previous episodes being combined into one. I've got a very special episode coming for you guys on Monday as well as a Super Bowl prediction and oversight coming on Friday. And of course, on Monday, we'll be looking at the result of the Super Bowl. Now, I hope you guys have a great weekend and start of your week. I'll see you guys on the flip side.